nice day it is, Brittany. It is a beautiful day. The sun is shining. We have lots to do today. Birds are chirping. We're going to go to an eighth grade social. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be put on a list. <laughs> beep, beep. Beep. Flat. Ah! <laughs> ah, what a beautiful day. Wait, I feel like I already had this day before. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm having deja vu. Birds are chirping. We have a dance to go to later tonight. Yeah. We're going to get drunk at parties. At an eighth grade social. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Oh. Beep, beep. beep. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I know we've done this before. <laughs> this is crazy. <sighs> I can't tell nobody because I'm going to be, I'm going to sound crazy telling people that I've already lived today. You will. You'll be put into a mental institution, but maybe that'll keep you from being hit by a car that, that goes beep, beep, beep. <laughs> that might be true. Might as well just tell and be a responsible kid and tell the truth. And just go to eighth grade social. Yep. Beep, beep. <laughs> Dad. Welcome to Audio Shelf. A place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Brittany. And we are the voices in your head. So what book are we going to review today? Oh, that's right. We are reviewing books, aren't we? I didn't. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Today's book is Before I Fall by Lauren Oliver. Narrated by Sarah Drew, and the publisher is Harper Audio. The release date was March 2nd, 2010, and the duration is 12 hours and 25 minutes. Oh my god. The genre is being a teen. Death. I'm sorry. What kind of genre? These genres are crazy, right? Where do you get these genres? Amazon. Uh, Being a teen? Being a teen, followed by death, and then followed by friendship. Oh. Hmm. In that order. No young adult. No, no young adult. No, like, psychological help. Nothing. Grief. Nope. No grief. <laughs> nope. Good job, Amazon. Yep. Way to go on your categorizing. <laughs> yeah, that's a word. So let me tell you about this book. Samantha Kingston has it all. Looks. Popularity. The perfect boyfriend. Friday, February 12th, should be just another day in her charmed life. Instead, it turns out to be her last. Beep, beep. Beep, beep. Ah! The catch? Samantha still wakes up the next morning, living the last day of her life seven times during one miraculous week. She will untangle the mystery surrounding her death and discover the true value of everything she is in danger of losing. Is her name Samantha or Bill Murray? (laughs) Is her name Samantha or Gretchen? I don't know it. I'm not a big Mean Girls fan, so I don't... (laughs) Gretchen Wieners? Yes. Or Regina George? Regina George. That's what what it is. How are you not a big Mean Girls fan? I just... I feel like it's overrated. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it definitely is. But like, still? Yeah. I mean, either way, this audiobook is a spinning image of both of those movies. It really is. It's like they mashed them together and then added in some death. Mm-hmm. Like what were to happen? I mean, Regina George does come back after she gets hit by that bus. Oh, my gosh. To make things right. 2010. When was Mean Girls released? 2004. Oh, my gosh. Lauren Oliver. Interesting. Got him. So what did you think about the performance of Miss Sarah Drew? We made her name like French. Yes. Sarah Drew. I thought that she was really, really wonderful. I really liked her. I listened to Panic, which was also narrated by Sarah Drew. So I went into Before I Fall with sort of a knowledge of her voice. Mm -hmm. I really liked her in Panic. So I really liked her in Before I Fall. I think she has a lot of enthusiasm when she reads. And I think that she's able to put forth a sort of charisma for all the characters that makes them... For the most part, likable. The ones Mm -hmm. that are supposed to be likable are likable. Mm -hmm. And the ones that aren't supposed to be likable, like Sam. Ugh, Sam. And Lindsay. Lindsay. And Elodie. Elodie. And Allie. Allie. 
are all rude. So rude. So rude. Ugh, I can't stand them. I really enjoyed Sarah Drew's performance because, like you said, she really her voice really re- reflected these teen girls. And I really, I was able to be put into the scene with all of them. Mm-hmm. However, I do not like Sarah Drew's male voices. Oh, her male voices were not on point no, at all. They all sounded like surfer stoners. Yes. Dude, like, Sam, did you get my Cupid card? Yeah, like, Rob coming into the cafeteria at school when they're not supposed to be drunk for the one time in the book that they're not supposed to be drinking. Oh, my God. He still sounds like a drunk. Still sounds like a drunk. He's and like, the- hey, babe. <laughs> what are you doing? Hey, babe. Like, want to catch some waves? Let's go. Let's do it tonight. Like, really do it. Like, do it like... Like, like animals. Like rabbits. On the... Animal of channels. Yeah, dude. Whatever it's Ugh. called. And then her voice for Kent sounded so... Feminine? Feminine. Yes. <laughs> I was like, hey, Sam, you deserve better. Yeah. me. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I have to say I really liked Kent as a character. Oh, I loved Kent's character. And I, feel I loved like, Kent and Sam together. Kent and Sam, I think we should mash their names up to Ken's? be... Ken! What? Or Cam's? <laughs> what? Cam's? Kent's? Ken's? Cam, I got, I understand Cam, but I was thinking scent. Scent would be a nice one. Scent. I like scent. Yes. <laughs> scent. But yes, I loved Kent's character because he, from the get go, he was like, you're too, you're too good for this. Like you deserve way better and you're being a bitch. Yeah. I can see right through you. Oh, I love when he was like, I can see right through you. It gave me chills. I was like, whoa, was scent. Like, oh my God, scent. <sighs> You need like, to get it together, guys. Yes, please. Ugh. But yeah, I did not like her male voices. Um, I, my favorite voice was Sam's little sister. Oh, Izzy. Izzy. Hi, Sam. Like oh I, my I can't, God. I can't even do it. Like she had the lisp and the, I don't even know what you call that. But it was like Sarah Drew definitely every time Izzy talked had that voice going. She on. had it down. Down packed. Yeah, she was definitely my. She was one of my favorites. I can't say she's my favorite voice because I think Elodie was my favorite voice. I loved Elodie's voice. She Her was so voice was sincere, so soft. Soft. It was very genuine. <sighs> but yeah, she was still bitch. Yeah, she really was. But I think she was described as the nicest one. Yeah, she was. Sam so said, she was the nicest mm-hmm. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam said that. She was like, I think Elodie is the nicest one of all of us. I was like, y'all think? It's not hard to be the nicest one of y'all. God. God, all you got to do is not pour beer down someone's head. And call them psycho. Yeah. For no reason. Just because you were called out for being a B word. Oh my God. You're going to sit there and waste Dude, a beer. For for someone like Lindsay who claims to like give zeros. Ugh. She certainly cared a lot when Juliet came in to the mm-hmm. party and was like, you're a bitch. Yes. Like she cared a lot. Yeah. You can see that Juliet like really triggered Lindsay. Oh yeah. hundred percent. T- t- it wasn't even like a big trigger. It's like, okay, that's my normal Tuesday. Yes. People call me that all the time. Right. Get over it, Lindsay. Gosh. Lindsay is a baby and she's yeah. so insecure. And you can tell that throughout the whole novel, especially in the end when you find out really what happens. Oh my God. It just, but it just made me hate Lindsay even Ugh, more. She's the worst character of all time. Yeah. And I just saw the trailer for the movie of Before I Fall. The actress said they got to play her perfect casting because i can't stand this actress i don't even know her name but every time i see her on my screen i'm like ugh, bleh. i spit on it and then i gotta get the windex out and then wipe the tv off you know what i'm saying yeah i know it's but, a process oh my god i hate Lindsay. Ugh. yeah so but can i just also talk about my hatred for sarah drew sure so <laughs> i will fight you but also before you get into that i think it's something that we need to say we will be spoiling this book i'm sorry did you say spoiling spoiling like all of these girls with their parents yes they're the book is going to be spoiled um just because we can't really talk about the full message of the book Mm -hmm. and the moral of it without spoiling the ending so forewarning if you want to listen or you whatever with this book Mm -hmm. i mean it's a pretty old book so if you haven't read it now come on now what are you doing what are you doing with your life Anyway. So I've come to the realization that I don't really hate Sarah Drew as a person. 
Oh, that's good because you never met her. Because I've never met her, and she really is adorable if you th- if you think about her. But I hate every character she's ever done. Really? Yes. Because number one, we, we hated all the girls that she did. That's true. Yeah. I hated every single girl, and Sarah's voice in this audiobook made me hate them even more because she was so snotty and bratty and ugh, like stuck up. I was just like, oh my God, Sarah Drew has the perfect voice for this. She really did. She really had the perfect mm-hmm. voice for snotty, stuck up, bratty girls. Which is perfect casting yes. for this audiobook. Oh, 100%. Because so, all of the girls in here are snotty yes. and bratty. So good job, Harper Audio, for that. Oh, yeah. But also, on a personal note, I'm a huge fan of Grey's Anatomy. Been watching since episode one. And April Kepner is my least favorite character of all time, who is played by Sarah Drew. Is she really? Yes. Wait, is she seriously? Yes. You're being facetious. No, I'm not. I swear to God. Nuh-uh. When you said when you said that you hated her because she reminded you, or you said something about April in a text message, and I was like, oh, well, I guess her voice reminds him of oh. that girl. I didn't know that Sarah Drew literally plays yes. that girl April. Yes. Oh, my God. You look her up. <laughs> look this up. She plays April Kebner, and she's my least favorite character of all time. She's so whiny, and she is so unlikable. Oh, she is adorable. She is oh really God. adorable. And she played in, in Grey's Anatomy, she plays this really religious character who in the past like three seasons completely have erased her religious side of her because and she's and she's you know she was married slash divorced from jackson avery who was my oh my god he's so god awful sexy but their relationship is annoying and it makes me hate avery which i never thought i would i just don't like sarah drew's character on Grey's anatomy which makes me have this hidden fiery is that really her? Dislike for Sarah Drew. Like, mm-hmm. is this really the narrator? Yes. Are you serious? I'm 100% sure. 110. I just, I just let you go and, like, talk <laughs> your little thing into the microphone while I'm sitting here, like, researching Sarah Drew. <laughs> and she was also in that new movie about moms. I think it was, like, one of the first, you know, in the recent three moms years Night or Out. something. Yeah, Mom's Night Out. That was, like, one of the first mom movies that they had. And it looked adorable, but it didn't get really high acclaim. Well, no, because I think then Moms Mom, came out. Bad Moms, bad came, moms out. came out. And then now the new movie coming out with, there's like two of them. There's Bad Moms 2 is the Christmas movie. And then they have a, like a Moms vacation movie with Queen Latifah, Jada Pickett-Smith. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which that I'm looks real, like, real good. Real excited for. Ooh. And then they also have the, also, you know, Bridesmaid, which is now they have the rough night out with What's Her Face. So all these women, like, you know group movies are coming out and i think that was just kind of pushed under the rug a little bit yeah most likely but yeah but that's oh my god i would love to meet sarah drew to just be like you know what give me a reason not to like you and she'd probably say hi my name's sarah drew and i'm like oh my god i love you you know right but i just feel like every one of her characters i've just disliked i don't hmm. know i would give panic a listen okay because okay. panic has a very likable main character mm-hmm. and i feel like her Male voices in that are a little bit stronger. Oh, okay. Um, this I just think that all the all of the men in this book, besides Sam's dad, yeah, which we only heard like four lines from. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Where's my hug?" or "Give me some love." You want eggs? You want eggs? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So I think all the male characters besides Kent and Sam's dad, they didn't really give sarah a lot to work with yeah that's because true because they were so lame mm-hmm. so very true very true so I would, I would definitely try panic and that is that written by lauren oliver yes lauren oliver with all these stories yeah hmm. and they're all standalone which i really really enjoy as I've well i've noticed that but yeah so do you want to talk more about sarah drew's performance because we know homegirl can act yeah I, and which oh my goodness completely lends itself to the audiobook emotions yeah like, the emotions in this were so strong with mm-hmm. everything that she did. Yep. Whether she was crying or yelling or just being a brat in mm-hmm. Sam's, the first three days of Sam's oh, yeah. Groundhog experience. Mm-hmm. She was just amazing. I really liked Sarah Drew. And that's why I'm glad I don't watch Grey's Anatomy because mm-hmm. I can like her. Mm, true. I mean, a lot of people probably like her, but I just don't. And her, meaning April Kepner. 
And usually you're right with your character Thank you. analysis. So Thank you. Anyone that does like her character is probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so her emotions were one par with what I was feeling as mm-hmm. I was listening to the audiobook. The only part that I was like, oh my God, rolling my eyes at was the Mr. Dangler scene. Oh my God. And I was so ready for that. You know me and my history. I know you. You know my, me and my history and mm-hmm. I love a good teacher-student romance. Quote me, bitches. Are we turning into Sam, Lindsay, Elodie, and Allie? That's true. Oh, my God. (laughs) But, yeah, so I love good teacher-student romance. But this one, right when she started pulling her skirt up and saying, what do you want? And then all of a sudden they started making it. I was like, what? What is this? That was so shocking. I was like, wait a second. I need to rewind. Yes. I mean, I was turned on for like 0.5 seconds, but then I realized, oh, Sam, being annoying as per usual. But then it was disgusting because the teacher was basically raping her. Yeah. And then she was just like, I really want to stop and I should stop. I think I want to stop. And this is not what I wanted. But I was like, you, in a way, I want to choose my words wisely. No. Yeah. I think I know what you're going to say. Because she was presenting herself in that way, and that is in no means a- an excuse for rape, but throughout the novel, Sam was hitting on the teacher the mm-hmm. entire time. The entire time. She started pulling her dress up yeah. and saying, look at this. She certainly wasn't doing anything to deter the teacher from thinking that it was not something that she was wanting. Mm-hmm. And he did stop when she said when she said stop. And he, yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. However, I think the best thing about that whole scenario was how they made him out to be. Yes. This perfect guy from afar wearing his cool hemp necklace and oh my God, he's so young and he's a hot teacher. He played lacrosse or whatever sport he played and he's still at the same school. But then they realize that's why he's a loser. Yeah. And I'm not saying, you know, there are probably lots of young teachers out there that return to their alma mater, but they've grown in a way mm-hmm. and i think that this story was saying that this teacher hasn't grown yeah and he's single because he's a loser because he's creepy and he's creepy and he made the decision to pursue this he could have easily yes. said get out of my office or get out of my classroom this is not appropriate yeah. but he didn't he kind of attacked her the way it was described it was very much she was standing there leaning against the desk kind of welcoming it which is not to say that he should have accepted the invitation mm-hmm. because he was 25 years old and she was 17. Yeah. But she was sitting there and then all of a sudden he just pounces on her. Ugh. And then... Grabbing her boob? The description Ugh. of it, him, his tongue on her neck Ugh. and down her throat. Oh my God, it was gross. Mm-hmm. In that moment, which is amazing of what Lauren Oliver did for the writing aspect, was she made me imagine this gremlin creep yes like making out with this girl who was yeah he was supposed to be hot and really attractive but he ended up being this monster yeah and i really like how lauren oliver did that yeah and i really like the evolution of sam's character throughout the rest of the groundhog mm-hmm. days yeah because by the end of it by the seventh day she's able to serve back the teacher mm-hmm. something that Oh, yeah. It's really satisfying. So good. It's just like, you're it's 25 so, and you're single. Yeah, I wonder why. Exactly. Maybe it's because you hit on 17-year-olds. And you're wearing that ugly, disgusting hat necklace still. Yeah. Fashion sense. Yes. Oh, Ugh. and then Kent like smirked from behind. He was like, yes, that's my girl. Like, oh, but yeah, that was a really powerful moment in the book for mm-hmm. me. And all the emotion was there for with Sarah Drew in that moment. Yeah. I mean, she she put in so much enthusiasm into the reading which really showed her interest mm-hmm. in the characters and the subject matter. I mean, she giggled throughout yeah. the the parts that required some sort of audible laughing. Mm-hmm. And then she would sigh when there was times that were of despair mm-hmm. and Sam was feeling heavy. Yeah. And in those times of regret, when Sam was regretting her decisions mm-hmm. and her life you know, the life decisions that she's made that led her up to this point, you could see, you could hear that in Sarah Drew's performance, that regret. Yeah. So I really th- thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was really, really great. Like I said, her interest really comes through mm-hmm. with those emotions and the voices that she does. Even though we have some issues with some of the male voices, the interest was still there. Oh, yeah. Them. I feel like she really tried. Yeah. I think she loves this book. Yeah. And like, even if she doesn't, you did a fantastic job with it, Sarah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. So do we want to touch on 
the content of the book for a little bit. Sure. All right. <laughs> Let's open up this can of worms. Mm-hmm. So first, I think you brought up an interesting point yesterday when we were chatting about this via text message. Yes. Preparing ourselves for today's episode. Yes. And that was that it deals with the stages of grief. Yes. So I did not realize that the whole theme of the book was about the stages of grief until I finished the book and then I went on Wikipedia and I was like, you know, when's the movie coming out? Kind of looking at information about the movie. And then I saw that it was basically an outline of the story was about Sam's Groundhog Day. Mm -hmm. But each day was a stage of grief of her own death. And I thought that was really awesome because when I was reading it or listening to it, I picked up on that. I picked up the first stage was she was denying the fact that this this was real. Oh, this isn't real. This isn't my life. You know, I'm still alive. I'm just having deja vu. Then she got really aggressive and angry and she took that out on Lindsay and she would cuss out Lindsay and then she would, you know, be hard on her mom and then... She made the bad decision with the teacher. Exactly. And then she started bargaining, which is like, what if I save this girl's life then I will hopefully live or, you know, we'll all have a happy ending if I save this girl's life or if I start doing well and start being a good person. Mm -hmm. And you can see that kind of change. And then there was the depression, the sadness aspect of it. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Mm -hmm. And then so the depression aspect of it was her kind of giving in. I think that's when she was just kind of saying, you know, I might as well just not live this life. I think that's when she did her little kinky stuff, Mr. Dangler. And then all of a sudden the acceptance part was like, this is my fate. And that was the whole, the last chapter, which is, I was like, I never read a book this long only being seven chapters, which was so long. Mm -hmm. 12 hours and seven chapters. My God. I know. But at the end, she had this overwhelming feeling of, I need to accept my fate. And that's kind of what led us to the conclusion. And I thought, I was telling you yesterday, I was I thought that was a really ballsy move for an author to kind of say, let's look at the stages of grief through one character's eyes about her own death. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of just mind-blowing and creative. However, I'm going to kind of, you know, give it to you to talk about the downfalls. You give it to me to talk about the <laughs> negatives, per usual. No, but I agree with your negatives, so I, I'm excited to kind of jump on the bandwagon of Britney in terms of the negatives. Okay. And I think my whole, like, stages of grief really set that up for you. Yeah. 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 So tell us what the downfalls are of this story and the storytelling from Oliver. Okay. So I agree that it was a very ballsy move for her to sort of put this underlying grief Mm -hmm. and how a character deals with it and through the eyes of one of our characters. Because I really enjoyed that a lot but the thing that I had a problem with was that one of the characters Juliet the thing that sets off everything is that she commits suicide she throws herself in front of the car that the girls are driving in the very beginning and that's why they run off the road and have the car accident Mm -hmm. they hit the girl she dies and then in the process Sam also dies in that very beginning and thus sets the story for the groundhog day and opening up each day with the same alarm clock and getting up in the morning and how sam deals with school and everything like that so what i didn't like was that juliet's suicide was looped in to that as a way of just adding another dimension to the book trying to add something more Mm -hmm. but i don't think it necessarily needed to be in there I don't think that Juliet committing suicide had to be a point to touch on. Mm -hmm. And I bring it back to 13 Reasons Why, which if you listen to that episode, you know that I have some pretty strong feelings about 13 Reasons. I think in that episode, Brad brought up a good point of kind of survivor's guilt and the thinking of now I'm burdened with this person's attempt at suicide. I have all of these feelings. Now I have depression. Um, I have a lot to think about because it was kind of my fault that they did this. Just kind of pushing the blame onto other people. And I feel like that's what Juliet's suicide and subsequently Sam sacrificing herself to save Juliet did. Mm -hmm. So at the end, Sam comes to terms with her death that Sam needs to be the one that dies. So Mm -hmm. 
when Juliet steps out in front of the car, Sam pushes her out of the way. Yeah. And gets hit herself and succumbs to her injuries and we think dies. Mm -hmm. Juliet lives. But now there's a whole can of worms with Juliet because Juliet attempted to kill herself, take her own life, and in the end, ended somebody else's life mm -hmm. in the process of her wanting to kill herself. So how guilty is Juliet going to be now? Yes. How much more depression is Juliet going to have to live with? How much pain is Juliet going to have to go through from Sam's friends? Lindsay mm -hmm. and Elodie and Allie, all, they were already bullies to her. And now they're going to be blaming her for Sam's death. Mm -hmm. And then we have Kent coming in, who Sam involved oh. Kent. Mm -hmm. In the end, she... Basically admitted that she loved him. Yeah, she discovers her feelings for Kent are very strong. And that she has never felt this way about a boy before. Mm -hmm. And that Kent makes her feel something very real and very powerful. So she admits to Kent that she, like you said, is mm -hmm. in love with him. They have a kiss and it's magical and it's a fireworks exploding and it's everything she's ever wanted in her life. But she knows she has to die. But she doesn't admit this to Kent. Yeah. And Kent is now losing a potential love of his life girlfriend. Yes. Kent will forever think of Sam on this pedestal as the one that should have been. Mm -hmm. They could have had a magical future together. They could have had everything together. And so any relationship that he gets into in the future will be tainted by Sam's death mm -hmm. because he thinks of Sam as the perfect person because he yeah. never got the chance to actually be in a relationship with her. He just finally had his crush realize how much she meant to him and how much he meant to her and she admitted that to him. Mm -hmm. So in the end, Sam ended up hurting more people than actually just accepting her death and going with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I agree with you. And I think the point that Lauren Oliver was trying to make with the grief was that this was a decision or a journey that Sam had to go on. And whether we like to admit it or not, grief is a very selfish process. And one person can either grieve someone's death or the death of a loved one individually, or they can grieve with others' support. And for Sam, in her case, she was grieving her own death. And I think that she was a very selfish character in this way. Did she really learn her lesson in the end? Yeah. Did she really kind of understand how her actions and her behaviors affect others? Because if she did, she wouldn't have made all these changes and she wouldn't have involved Kent and Juliet and all, you know, her family. Her, now her mom has this, oh, wow, she was just changing attitude. Yeah. And so that was my kind of debacle with the whole storytelling process of this audiobook is did she really learn her lesson yeah the only person that i think could have had a proper tie-up for sam's death was her little sister izzy yeah because as sam was leaving that morning she gave izzy the uh bird necklace from their grandmother mm -hmm. that izzy never got to meet that was left to sam when the grandmother passed away yeah and izzy always really liked it she loved it she wanted to know about the the grandmother and hear stories about her and so as Sam was leaving on that final morning, the seventh day, she gave Izzy the necklace. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the only one that had closure to the grief. And that was the only one that got a proper ending, a proper goodbye, really. Mm -hmm. Everybody else just was left in limbo. They're now going to be affected by Sam's death for the rest of their life in such a way that had it happened... The first way that the book introduced mm -hmm. where they're in the car, they hit Juliet, Juliet dies, and also Sam dies. Not as many people would have been as affected. True. It would have been like, oh, they were drinking and driving. Yeah. And they were being, they, you know, they were being stupid. Yeah. But now there's all of this unnecessary, and I, I mean, I don't want to say unnecessary, but like it kind of is where... There's a lot of people that are now going to think that Sam was making a change for the better and had all of this bright future when Sam was the only one that knew that that day was her final day. Mm -hmm. She knew she was going to die so she could make these changes and affect all of these people, but she knew what was coming. She had a chance to not affect as many people. And maybe that's the point of the book. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's still for Sam to make the mistakes that she did because you could never have a perfect final day. Mm-hmm. 
but I still feel like Juliet's suicide, God, there's so much more anxiety and depression and sadness that Juliet is going to be feeling because Sam took her place when she was trying to kill herself. Mm -hmm. Which makes me think, was that it? Just because the book ended, was that the real scenario that happened? Yeah, you have a a choose-your-own ending I do. sort of idea <laughs> here, which I want to hear more about because it's very interesting. You know, the way I see it is, yeah, maybe the first death was the original death that started it all. However, we spent seven days. What if that was just Sam's personal hell? What if she's still reliving that? Yeah. And yeah, it's great that she's learning all of, all of her mistakes and kind of learning how to be a better person. But what if that last hurrah wasn't the final story that Sam has? Yeah. And so as a reader or a listener, because we're doing audiobooks, hello. Hey. We can have that thought of saying, wow, what if this doesn't end? What if this isn't the end of, of Sam's reliving her her most tragic moment of her life, her death. So do you think that it was all a sort of obstacle course to get into that next higher level? Maybe, you know? And it also depends on what Lauren Oliver was thinking. Of course, I think in her mind, I'm going to write a book about this process of grief through one character. But maybe in her mind, she was saying, and this could go on. Yeah. This could keep going because, yes, it has five stages. But it's not a process that just stops when you finish all five stages. You don't even have to finish all five stages. You can kind of revert back and not go through acceptance and keep going through all those stages. But it's just something that defines what grief is and how we handle it. Right. Maybe this was Sam's way of getting to that better place that she hopes to be. Yeah. I just wish it wasn't that one day. Yeah. I think that's where that, that cuts off my theory of... What if this keeps going? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I think I would have loved, loved, loved this book completely because it does have a very good message. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of messages in it. It's not only the grief, but it's also that the small things in your life really add up to the big things. Yeah. So the small things that you don't think matter, the names that you call people or the looks that you give someone or not talking to your mom for the morning. Oh, what about that line, the red line that she drew outside of her door? Yeah. I mean, if my daughter did that, I'm like, you. first of all, you buy a new carpet. Yeah, this is not your house. And second of all, I will cross whatever line I want to cross in my house. Yeah, I pay this mortgage. Gosh, see, that's what... Uh, yeah, so, so I think the important part about the book is that it... it it really showed that all of those small things add up in other people's lives and that you can have a really big effect even if you don't think that those little details in life matter. They matter to somebody. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be careful of what you do and how you treat people. Mm-hmm. And I think that was Lauren Oliver's message was be a better person today. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Start today. It can start whenever. You don't have to be good from day one. You can make a change today. Mm -hmm. You can help somebody across the street or you can just tell somebody that they look pretty today. Yeah. You look really nice today, Brad. Thank you. (laughs) I try. (laughs) But no, that's one of the actually that's a coping skill that I teach my kids in session is just smile. Smile at five people. If you're feeling really crappy today, Give someone else a smile and see how that's going to make you feel. Because once they smile back, then you're going to feel better that someone's smiling at you. Yeah. I always try to avoid eye contact because it makes me nervous. That's true. I'll try to make eye contact with you, but it may be creepy. Mm -hmm. You've been spending too much time in New York. I have. Just Mm -hmm. walking, walking with a purpose. Walking with a purpose. No eye contact needed. (laughs) But yeah, I think the, the suicide of Juliet really sort of... Well, I mean, the incomplete suicide of... That sounds weird to say. The incomplete suicide... Attempt? No. She really attempted. She did. Sam pushed her out of the way and Sam died as a result. Yeah. So what would that even be? I mean, I don't I don't even know. Was Sam trying to be a, mar- a martyr? I don't know. Mm, these are questions. These, these are, are questions, questions that we're going to have and maybe that's the power of this book. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of questions that can be brought up, but I, I just really wish that Juliet's character wasn't attempting suicide because... Mm-hmm. 
the emotions that she is now going to feel as a result of having Sam die for her Mm -hmm. are going to be so much stronger than anything. And maybe she's the type of person that's like, that person saved me. I am going to make my life better. But she still has so much time left. She's going to have to have therapy for years. She's going to have to have therapy. Lindsay, Allie, and Elodie are going to blame her so much. Mm -hmm. Kent is probably going to be heartbroken for the rest of his life and Mm -hmm. blame Juliet as well. I mean, the blame just goes on to Juliet. It's like Sam cleared her name of all the bullying that she did to Juliet, but Mm -hmm. then she pushed it all on to that other girl. Yeah, and it's it's kind of it's kind of sad. It kind of makes me upset because. Mm I really had nothing but great things to say about this book until that final Mm -hmm. day. I think what we really wanted, and of course we know that life doesn't happen like this and everything doesn't have a happy ending. But for this book in particular, we wanted that happy ending for Sam. Yeah. We We wanted her to be alive. We wanted Juliet to be alive. We wanted everyone to be alive. And I don't even think that it was necessarily a happy ending, but it was just the ending that made the most sense for the lessons that Sam had learned. Mm -hmm. Because Sam learned, like you said, all of these lessons at the end of that final day. She had so much knowledge and experience of this is how you should talk to people. This is how you should treat people. And she didn't get a chance to pass it on. Mm -hmm. So all of her friends, yeah, they're going to be mourning Sam, but they're still going to be the same bitches. Mm -hmm. I mean, Lindsay didn't change. No. I mean, she didn't even care. I think she let a couple of the nice comments that Sam was making about Juliet go, but she's not going to turn her turn around, you know, and say, "Hey, Juliet, be my friend." No. If but, I saw epilogue and Lindsay was like, "Hey, Juliet, come sit with us," then I would be like, "Okay." Yeah, like okay. let's, let's bond over our shared experience of losing somebody yes, that maybe, was that was close to us. Maybe if this book had an epilogue. Yeah. We would feel a little bit, little bit different. I think it really needed, needed an epilogue of Lindsay and the other girls kind of accepting that Juliet wasn't at fault mm-hmm. and kind of expressing that to Juliet, that she wasn't at fault. Mm-hmm. And then it would have been able to show that the lessons that Sam had learned mm-hmm. were picked up just by Sam's presence. Yeah. Because Sam didn't need to say anything to these girls in order for them to learn from their mistakes. She just Mm -hmm. had to be around and show them a better way. And she did that on the seventh day. But I don't think that it was acknowledged by the girls properly. Yeah. And so, yeah, I agree with you 100%. There needed to be an epilogue. And not just the sentence at the end of the book. I think, what does she say? And the rest you'll have to figure out yourself. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Yeah. It's like the rest of death we have to figure out ourselves. But Mm -hmm. I don't want death to be the only message in this. I don't want grief to be the only thing that we have to deal with. I want it to be a lesson for people Mm -hmm. to change and to be better. And I think that's what it was starting to do. I think that's why it was so much stronger than 13 Reasons Why is because with 13 Reasons, they're was just blame mm-hmm. thrown out left and right. But with this, Sam had to come to terms with how she treated somebody. Mm-hmm. We really got a sense of who Sam was. And I think what 13 Reasons needed to do was not give us a glimpse into to Clay's life, not let us sit there and listen to Clay's tapes. Mm-hmm. We needed to be with the girl at the beginning that started it all. What was her name? Jessica? Yeah. We needed to be in Jessica's tapes. We needed to be mm-hmm. watching Jessica in her day-to-day going through everything and experiencing the fact that she was the reason somebody killed themselves. Yeah. Or even Bryce. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we needed to be in the bully's eyes yeah. in 13 Reasons. Not the sweet kid who was the best and the greatest and mm-hmm. didn't really need a tape but had a tape for some dumb yeah. reason. Anyway, I'm going mm. back to 13 Reasons. I need to get yeah, off of it. Rain it in, girl. Oh, my God. Rain need- it in. But I think Lauren Oliver's writing was way more stronger than Mm -hmm. Jay Asher's. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think it touched on a way deeper topic than what 13 Reasons could even hope to scratch. Mm -hmm. So we had talked about the content. We talked about the content for like 30 minutes. And we going to calm it down. Let's hoo-ha. It is getting hot in here and we still don't have electric. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So going back to the audiobook, the transitions, that's probably one of my other things that I disliked about the audiobook in general. Because they were confusing? They were very confusing. She just threw out random words and it was like, before I sleep. And then she started going with the paragraph. And I feel like Sarah Drew could have 
paused a little bit longer between the subheadings because there were even though there were seven chapters there were like sub chapters yeah there was chapters where she would go chapter one chapter yeah. two chapter three and then there was mm-hmm. these sub things that it would be like acceptance and change second chances yeah and all of that exactly mumbo jumbo and i feel like that could have been performed better or there could have been a different voice that she could have used like a like her regular voice or more pauses i feel like the transitions could have been a bit a little bit better yeah and the reason she... yeah, and the reason why i knew that they existed was because i went to BJ's and I looked at the book and I saw oh my god they have chapter headings oh. and I was like oh my, they're all like and they're in the book it's italicized and everything else and I was like oh wow but I, don't, I didn't notice the, those until like the last couple of chapters where I was like oh that's what she's doing is giving me sub chapters mm. <laughs> so yeah but what were you gonna say I'm sorry I didn't really have too difficult of a time with the mm-hmm. the sub chapters what I really had a problem with was the fact that it was broken into sub chapters after the main chapters. Yeah. Because at one point I was like, okay, this is a different kind of, mm-hmm. of book. They're just doing subheadings. So I got used to the subheadings. And then all of a sudden I heard a random chapter two. And I was like, wait a second. Whoa, chapter two. I thought these were broken into subheadings. Yeah. So it kind of confused me at certain points. And maybe if I would have looked at the book in a physical copy, it would have made a lot more sense. And it definitely made more sense as the book went on. Yeah. After I heard that chapter two, I was like, okay, so it's broken into chapters and then subchapters. Because each day is, each chapter is basically mm-hmm. a day of her new of yeah. her life. But I really tried to pay attention to the subchapters mm-hmm. at that point instead of just the chapters. So I, I think. I agree. I think it, it stood out to me a little bit more. What did you think of the long 12 hours and 25 minutes of the book? Do you feel like that was too long or too short? I thought it was a really great length. It was a great length, and I feel like it went by super fast. Yes. It did. It really went by super, super fast. However, I look at it, I'm like, that was 12 hours and 25 minutes. I sped mine up. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I did too. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not surprised. I sped it up to about 1.5. That's what I did. Yeah. And it took that 12 hours down to six. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And at first I thought it was going to be too fast because whenever I kicked it up, like Sarah Drew's voice was like, but then I got used to it and Mm -hmm. it it was just the perfect flow Mm -hmm. for everything. She's a reader that you could speed it up and it'll be her normal voice because that's how April Kepner talks in the show. All fast and whiny and fast like that. Mm -hmm. So I was like used to it. When I slowed it down to one, just to kind of make sure I hear her voice clearly and everything, it was so slow. And I was like, Sarah, come on now. Mm-hmm. Come on. Speed yeah, it up. I sped it up about like an hour into it. Yeah. Because I, I liked her normal voice at 1.0 speed, but I just, I wanted to get to the point of the book faster. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I speed up any book is that I just need to get to the point Mm -hmm. so how did you listen to this book i listened to this book we were in ann arbor this past week Ooh, and so yeah well not really sean was at a conference and i was in the hotel room working (laughs) um so while i was working i was listening to it and i got through in about a day and a half oh good yeah dang it took me all week oh the first two parts, because I listened to mine over overdrive, and the first, there was 10 parts in the whole book, and the first two parts of the book were on a ride to about like 45 minute drive to this meeting that I was going to at work, and then so I spent like two hours in the car that day, and I got finished the first two parts of the book, so that was like really easy. Once I was finished those two, the rest was like super easy, yeah. and you know, I just listened to it. Walked the dogs the other day, you know, sat out in my uh, deck and tanned. You, you tanned? Know? I tanned. Yes. Doesn't look like it. <laughs> what? It's dark in here. You don't know. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Keep but saying I, that. Yeah, it was, I think it was like Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that. I sat on the deck and I tanned and I listened to my book and I was like, mm-mm-mm. So yeah, that's how I listen to this audiobook. Mm-mm-mm. That sounds good. <laughs> Get a nice little tan. So are you excited for the movie? I am We're excited. Gonna watch the movie. We are going to watch the movie and then we'll do a little special for mm-hmm. y'all. A little special to see if it's a movie mess or movie magic. Yes. 
I am really looking forward to it because one of the reasons why I think we wanted to listen to this is because we saw the trailer. Yes. Way back in, when did it come out? April? I, mean, I feel like, it, yeah, it just came out probably April. Or March. March or April, and then I saw it on DVD, like, the it's next day. I on DVD, Yes. So I was like, uh-oh. What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Creepy little grandma voice. <laughs> uh, uh, but, means, yeah. It means it didn't do good enough in the theaters. Right? I actually want to look up and see how it did really quick, just because, you know, that's what I like doing, and so... We like research. We like researching. But either way, I would do the audiobook again. And I would need to watch the movie. It got a three out of four from Rod- Roger Ebert, but I'm pretty sure he's dead. No, it's one of them's passed away. Both of them be dead. Um, I need to go through the stages of grief for that right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> both of them are definitely dead. You're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to spell his name. You know what? Are Whatever. you looking up Robert Ebert? We were looking up before I fall. <laughs> What's his name? Roger Ebert? Robert and Ebert. Or... It's Roger Ebert. <laughs> yeah, he definitely died in 2013. But he's the guy that gave the thumbs up, but he had a partner. He don't give thumbs up no more. And his partner died too. What if they... Be- no, that's horrid. Why are that we is, talking about why like this? Why are you doing that? What are we talking it about you. this? What if no, it's his, me. What if they cut off his hand and put it in that, that no. ride? Oh, like in Futurama? Which yes. did the heads. You don't like cartoons, no. so you didn't see that. But they, they cut off people's heads. They put in that fluoride, right? Is that what Walt Disney's in? No. No. What's that? What's Walt that Disney liquid? is cryogenically frozen. Yeah, but what's that liquid that people put in bodies in? Fluoride is, is definitely fl- what you rinse your mouth out with oh. at, at nighttime. <laughs> you mean formaldehyde? Formaldehyde. I think that starts with a P. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to say that. My, my tongue does not work like that. Oh no, that's a, that's an F. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> formaldehyde. 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 For. For. Mold. Mold. Dehyde. Dehyde. There you go. <laughs> Country of origin, please. <laughs> anyway, what was I? Oh, before I fall the movie. Oh yeah, duh. Wow. <laughs> Anyway, let's see what this did. So, Roger Ebert, a dead guy, gave it three out of four. I think it's, it's obviously a company. People still work I mean, for the company. I mean, obviously. Duh. It, made, it was a budget of five million, and it made 14 million. Oh, that's so, not bad. I mean, it's still a fail, but it's I mean. It's definitely still a fail compared to domestic gross nowadays. It's considered a box office bomb. Mm. But at least the actors got paid. Oh, <laughs> Uh, when the money is spent, when the money is counted for what was spent on advertising, the movie is considered a bomb. Oh, because, well, they didn't really advertise it that much. Yeah, they did. Really? It was like all over Bravo. Oh, well, Bravo. Let's be real. I mean, it's all I watch, so. <laughs> well, they need to put it on Netflix soon or something because I ain't buying the DVD. <sighs> I know. I know. Well, we need to, but we'll get it. We'll get it. We'll, we'll get do, it. We'll, we'll support, do our episode. Support our Lauren Oliver. Yes. So, so either way, we go and watch it. Yes. So would you mm-hmm. shelf or shove before I fall mm-hmm. the audiobook narrated by Sarah Drew? Well, number one, I'm not going to shove you in front of a car. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Thank God. I was nervous for a second. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but I will shelf this. I think I will put it on the back shelf. But it's not going to be one of those books that I'm going to read again. I'll just probably recommend it to other people. So I'll shelf it and then recommend it to people. Mm. So you can give this a try if, you want, if you're bored on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I think I'm going to Groundhog Day that your answer. <laughs> and just copy it all. Okay. Because <laughs> that's about what I would do. Good, good. Mm, yeah. All right. Well. Oh, what a beautiful day. day. You can find us on Twitter and Stitcher and Google Play. I want it to rhyme. Yeah, beautiful so day. for today's episode of Audio Shell, we are doing before I vote. Wait, we've already Wait, done this. Already done this. We've already done this. Already done this. Oh, I know what we haven't done, though. What? If you'd like to stay up to date with us, please follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Audio Shelf Me. 
and like us on Facebook to stay up to date or to just relive the same day over and over and over again with our social media feed. Yay! Yay! And please subscribe to us on iTunes Podcast, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. If you would like to get Before I Fall or another one of Lauren Oliver's pieces of works, please go on our website and click the Audible affiliate link so you can get two free audiobooks for nothing. All you gotta, nothing. All you got to do is sign up for the 30-day free trial. Yes, yeah, support Lauren Oliver. She has good work. Good work. Good job, buddy. Good job. Give us a call. Bye. 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 I'm okay, this. we're done. done. Turn this off. I'm done. This has been Audio Shelf, where we release new episodes every Monday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening. Uh, All right. Oh my god. Oh, well, that was the best thing ever. Uh, uh, okay. I, I had no idea how that was going to, like, turn out. I think it, it it went horribly well. Yes. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did, too. I think it was just the right amount of crazy. <laughs> Friday, February 12th, should be just another day in her charmed... I'll do that again. Hold on a second. Thank you. <laughs> so, I've come to... Re- re- <laughs> it's like a demon. You like you like welcomed it into the world. <laughs> and here's your burp. <laughs> so I'll slap you every time you say you know. I think I'm slapping myself. <laughs> I keep putting my finger in my mouth. <laughs> I I spent it up I spell But when I slut it I When it you down. slutted it down? When I slut it down. So you can get free two three. Wow, now it's a dyslexic book. <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> 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 <laughs>